it away. Tomer, Cole, dang! Whoa! G'day, see? Terry, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm very well. It's a long time no talk. Long time no talk, mate. What better way to rehatch than on the Blue Broad podcast? Exactly. No better way to do it. Absolutely, mate. What's, uh, what's happening in your world? Uh, not much, mate. Just working a lot with the NBA season finishing up and just getting back into the swing of the, the Mighty Blues, I think. Yeah, we're in that transition period, aren't we? It's uh, beginning of the AFL season and sort of wrapping up the NBA. Still, still a lot of NBA to go, but sort of towards it that kind end. of um, It kind of starts at a perfect time, the AFL, right, when the NBA season's kind of getting to that stage where, you know, teams are losing on purpose and winning teams are resting players, so it's good to have something else to put on the TV when you get home. Yeah, definitely. What do you, what do you watch more? What, what are you more passionate about, the NBA or the footy? Uh, NBA. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Probably because yeah. it's my job. But, um, although I don't watch too much NBA when I get home on replay or anything like that. I'm pretty done with basketball at that point. So I do, uh, I do enjoy the footy quite a bit. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you do with your job. Uh, so I'm the senior NBA trader at Sportsbet. So basically yeah. I'm just uh, pricing up all the NBA for the company. And we have some sister companies overseas as well. Yep. Um, so, yeah, basically my job is uh, pricing up a lot of basketball, mainly player props, so all the player-related prices, and then, yeah, switching on the games and uh, trading them live. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, that's a fascinating um, fascinating role because, I mean, that's, that's sort of – is that something that's just judged with the human mind or do you use – you know, I mean, there are a few different AI companies and machine learning algorithms that, that help out with that. What do you guys use? Is it just humans? No, so it's a lot of stuff um, done by our quants department. Like we have models and there's a lot of AI, you know, interface kind of stuff going on as well. And then like your manual pricing is, you know, we do manually price games, um, you know, and the player props, so your player points and rebounds, how many they're in for each game and things like that. And then all your future markets, so who's going to win the title, the East, the West, all the divisions, all the fun stuff. But uh, when we are trading the games, yeah, a lot of it's done through a model just so we can have, you know, a larger number of markets on site where if we have to do it manually, you know, you'd only be able to add maybe two or three markets. So having some technical models in there helps us, you know, enhance our offering. So it's a bit of, it's a mixture of both really. Yeah, definitely. And do, do you feel pressure with that? I mean, you know. Yeah, there's, own, there's a lot yeah. of money involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Uh, so I've been a sports fan for 10 years. I've yep. been probably trading the NBA for the last maybe six or seven, I think. Yep. Yeah, so it's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, 10 years ago, you were all, uh, also the, you know, the spiritual leader down at the Whittlesea Pacers. <laughs> Definitely not the spiritual leader. <laughs> um, used, to go, used to go by the name of Pablo. I did. And uh, I think 10 years ago was probably, yeah, it was uh, my, I think it was my first, yeah, my first year of, playing youth league not playing I guess I was training with the squad just sort of trying yeah. to break my way into the team and I guess I was part of that next wave of you know kids that and were coming over, through the program it took us, us really quickly <laughs> yeah we uh we came through pretty quickly and uh luckily we won the title and really consolidated our um you know our, our little attitude that we had um do you, uh, do you miss it do you miss the Whittlesea Pacers the basketball um, you know, I had a photo come up the other day on Instagram. It was like on this day and it was like eight years, sorry, on Facebook. It was like eight years ago. It was a photo, um, playing. Yeah, I do. I do miss it, but I, I don't feel, I feel, I feel completely fulfilled. Like I don't, I don't have any regrets. I look back on my time playing basketball and it's like, God, that was the best time. And I wouldn't have done anything different. And I got, everything out of, you know, the team that I played with and won everything we needed to win. And so I kind of look back and uh, there's no, you know, what ifs for me, which is great. Yeah, that's great. That's what you yeah. want. Yeah. And it was great. I mean, we had, we had a great, you know, we had you guys who were, you know, that level above us and we'd watch you guys play and you guys really, you know, set the tone. You guys had this real camaraderie and, and we sort of had that as well. And then, um, yeah, it was. It's important because it's important to have you know people to look up to, and uh, you know you guys. Uh, as much as you you might not think it, you definitely played a part in you know helping us grow up. 
yeah, that's good to hear. It's, it's it really is like the the mates you got out of it. And the group we had, we were pretty lucky. Like we had a lot of good guys that all got along, so it kind of all worked out for the best. Yeah, man, absolutely. Do you have any uh, any any favourite fond memories of of those days? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's heaps, but like, do we do any stick out to you? Um, ah. Mm, uh... A lot of the times when we went away on road trips, like down to Taralgon and things like that, I always enjoyed them. They were great fun. Yeah. Even even the car trips to Geelong and things like that. That was so much fun. Yeah. Geelong, I think Geelong is the one that stands out for me. Andrew Rizza, uh, lighting it up with three in the first half. Absolutely. (laughs) He still talks about it to this day, don't you? Man, I'll never forget it. The Toronto Raptors superstar. (laughs) (laughs) He loved it. He'll be right there calling him out too. Yeah, he would. He would. Uh, no, he's, he's, he's an all-time great. Um, so, I mean, now turning a little, we'll, we'll, we'll stick to basketball. Um, you're still a big, big, bad Dallas Mavericks fan? Absolutely. And yeah. I'm super excited for next season already. Oh, mate, so is this is probably just as excited as you've been since, you know, the title, obviously? Yep, absolutely. I remember yeah. when we traded for Bazingas, I woke up. I get all these messages on my phone. I get all these alerts. And I just started yelling, I'm like, we got Bazingas. And he's like, what's up with my wife? She's like, what's up, Bazingas? And I'm like, <laughs> I was running around the house. I was so excited. He's been one of my favorite players for a long time. And I just couldn't believe it happened. I saw he was on the block and he listed a bunch of teams and we weren't in it. And then literally two minutes later, you know, we're just tweeting that we got Bazingas. And I was like, what just happened? Massive, mate. Massive. Absolute how, madness. How do you see, well, I mean, obviously the first thing you think of is the, the partnership. How do you see it playing yep. out? Uh, good. I think with those two, like we obviously need some more pieces to surround them with, but I think the way they play, the pick and roll, the pick and pop, or you can, you know, Bazingas does have an underrated post-up game. So I think they're just going to work really well together. If you could pick someone in the league to pair with him that, you know, had to be in that four or five spot, like Bazingas would be one of the top of the list. Definitely. So yeah. I, I think the partnership's going to be really exciting to watch, but there's still a lot of work to be done in that to, to have success in the West. They um, need to find some decent shooters and surround some surround them with you know some good vets even just to obviously with Dirk leaving just to steady the ship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's almost like you get another crack at uh, you know the Steve Nash Dirk Nowitzki thing again, um, yeah. and this time <laughs> I don't think you traded away this time. Yeah, no, I think I think Kevin said that he's like I've done this before and I stuffed it up, so you know I won't be doing that again. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's exciting times. How quickly do you think the rise will, will like, how long do you think it'll take before you're really contending, you know, in that top four bracket in the West? I think it's still three or four seasons away. Like, yeah. Luke has been, you know, way better than everyone thought he would be. And Pazingas is already a star, but you need to see how he comes back. Seven footers with knee injuries, you know, is concerning. Um, obviously, all reports he's doing really well, but you just never know with, with big guys and their legs. Yeah. Um, as I said, I think they need a few other guys. And, you know, hopefully hopefully a miracle happens and we end up in the top four of this draft and get another guy in. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's still three or four years away. Everyone expects things to happen so quickly. And it just doesn't work like that in the NBA. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. What What do you need from the draft? Or what do you need, yeah, from the offseason slash the draft? Interesting question. I'm not sure. So... Say we land a top four pick and, you know, RJ Barrett and them are up there and all these athletic guys who kind of, you know, it's a tough fit with Luca on what you need. So whether they, you know, get that pick and can trade it for some for something they, you know, know is a good fit or whether they keep the pick, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. It's it, really it, hard to tell. Probably, you look probably need a 3 and D, a really good 3 and D guy, something yeah. like that. Like Jalen Brunson's been great for Dallas, very underrated because he, he can just control the ball without turning it over and give Luca the chance to do what he does. So yep. you know, a play like that would um would definitely be on their list. Yeah, no, I like I, I watched uh, watched you guys early this morning. It was uh, I caught the end of the game, it's but about yeah, yeah, it was like a, it was uh, ending up at about five five thirty. So I caught the end of it and then uh, fell back asleep. But um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, NBA's brutal here. It start game start at uh, the first game starts at two two thirty, and then you sort of you wake up, and if you really want to catch a game, you have got to get up at like you know, you know, four o'clock, five o'clock. So um, it's a bit of a it's a bit stiff. It's basically the reverse of the Premier League and all of those games. So I get all the Premier League, all of that. I get that in the afternoon on a Saturday, which is great. 
and then yep. um, but NBA is a, a bit stiff. But I'll um, I'll I'll be firing back up and getting up for the three o'clock games once the playoffs start. How have you seen the season so far? What are your thoughts? Um, you know, it's interesting because I I feel like this is one of the first seasons I've watched less than what I have yeah. previously. The start of the season, I was on fire. I was getting up, watching the 3 a.m. game, going back to sleep, going to work, following it. Had a, an NBA fantasy league going and um, yeah. I, I fucking sucked this year. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so uh, it was always a constant battle and a grind and I didn't make the playoffs and then I kind of lost oh, no. a little bit of a uh, little bit, little bit of enjoyment. Um, and then, you're, like, as you said before, we're at that part of the season where it's a bit, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit yuck. And so, yes, really I just kind of watch. I, I watch the stats, uh, and then once the playoffs start, I'll be up and about. But I mean, for me, I think another reason is I just, I just don't see the Warriors losing the title. Personally, I just, I just can't yeah. see. It. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just. I think that's also the other thing. There's. There's no one else I really want to watch. And it's also interesting that LeBron is now sort of out of the picture because I feel like when, when the, the tough part of the season like this gets around, I think in previous seasons I'd be watching LeBron just because it's LeBron and, you know, you want to watch yeah, greatness absolutely. and all of that. And, or if there was a record going like the Warriors a few years ago with the, the game streak. So there's nothing really that's surprising me right now. You know, obviously Giannis is killing it. Harden's a freak, all of this. But, um, yeah, I just think, I think the Warriors will win it. Um, Boston's been a real disappointment, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of see it just pet playing out. I don't see myself getting totally shocked this season, put it that way. I mean, let me ask you a question. Do you like watching James Harden? Is he your kind of player? Like, a lot of people <sighs> like watching him and a lot of people don't like watching him. I didn't like watching him. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate that game, uh, yeah. the, the game style of his. But sort of the weight of numbers and the gravity of the performance I've got, you know, you got to respect it. And it's funny because he was the the love of the NBA. You know, he got really hard done by when he left OKC, and then yeah. he started succeeding, and then everyone was happy for him. And then it was almost as if like, oh, you know, we want you to succeed, but we don't want you to be this good because you're boring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of flipped now. He's kind of turned into the bad guy. Yeah, it was it was weird because he's he's never done anything wrong. He just he just plays plays hard, and he's one of those guys that's I guess he's he's not he's figured out the system and he's figured out a way to beat the system in his own little way. So um, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for him. I don't I won't I won't put a Rockets game on because James Harden is playing, but um, but yeah, I, I I do respect him. I'm with you. Yeah, who else? Uh, I mean, for for MVP. I mean, it's obviously it's one A one B almost. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Who do you who do you think? I mean, I, f- I feel like it's it could go to the very end because I think Giannis has been sitting out a few games and uh, that might swing it to the end. How do you see that shaping up? So I was talking about this at work the other day, yesterday. I think we were discussing who your vote would go to. You know, Harden had this historic run, but it's like he did it too early. Like he did it in you know. January, December, you went on this crazy run and now you get towards the end of the season when people are starting to put their votes together, they kind of forget about it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, Giannis got into a pretty big favourite there for a little bit just because people seem to have forgotten what Harden did. Yep. Personally, if I had a vote, like, I'm not a massive fan of James Harden. Like, like you, I respect what he does. You know, if Brooklyn's playing New York and Houston are playing Philly, I'm going to chuck on Brooklyn, New York because that's just, you know, what I do. <laughs> yep, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think I'd give my vote vote to Harden if I had one. Yeah, I wish I had one, but yeah, I'd, I think I'd give it to Harden. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if either of them wanted, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be so upset that the other didn't. Um, yeah, that's it. absolutely. Yeah, it wouldn't be like a complete travesty that you know one of them didn't win it. So yeah. uh, I mean, one of them would be pretty unlucky. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great it's a great story for Giannis to obviously be the the international guy, really low maintenance guy, just just. Just works. Like you, you don't hear him talk. You don't hear him. Exactly. You know, be outspoken. There's no. There's no drama off the court. Um, so uh, that must be. That must be super for the city of Milwaukee. He's only like 24 as well. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Multiple MVPs by the time this is over. Like yeah, I can't get over how young he is. Does he really need a jump shot? Like, does he really need one? Like, is it so? Is it a must? No. 
I don't think it's a must for him. Like the way they constructed their team this year, when they got a good coach in, finally it took them a while. Yeah, but I mean that's how you play around him. You surround him with shooters, and guarding him, you know, the misconception is if you back off Giannis, you can defend him, but you just give him a running head start, and yeah. once he gets a running head start, you're dead anyway. So there really is a guy like that. I don't necessarily think he desperately needs a jump shot because you know play, you play off him at your own peril. He's just going to get past you anyway. Yeah, exactly right. He's, he... I, th- I think he'd still work on it, and, and it can come in handy. Like, he'll get even better with one, but I don't think, you know, he desperately needs one to take them, you know, to the finals or to win an MVP or anything like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think his mindset and the way that he attacks the, play, the, the defense sort of relentlessly, that's what I think our boy Ben Simmons needs to just remember. Um, yeah, I, think that's what Be- I think that's what Benny had in his first season. Uh, yep. Where he was, you know, the new kid in the block. He'd been, you know, restricted because of injury, and now he's free to play. And he was attacking, attacking, and then he sort of—it's almost as if he's he's lost that a little bit. He's trying to figure his way out through the system, slash, being comfortable with his own skin. But once he starts, you know, really being more aggressive, uh, I think that's where um, the haters will be a little bit more quiet with Ben Simmons. I kind of feel like the the noise has gotten to his head a little bit, like. Yeah. If people say Giannis doesn't have a jump shot, he's like, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm still getting to the ring or, you know, I'm still going to do what I do. Where Ben's kind of like, you know, they're posted, they're posting Simmons up more to try and get him on the board a bit more, try and get him a few more points. I feel like it's been in his head and now he's just kind of backed off a little bit, a bit hesitant to do what he does so well. Um, like you said, like he did in that first year. So hopefully you just, you know, just forget the noise. Keep working on your jump shot throughout the off season, but, you know, keep doing what you do because obviously you're one of the best at it. Yeah, definitely. What about uh, rookie of the year? Has uh, has, oh, has, don't, has get, <laughs> don't get me started on this. All this trade noise is the biggest joke in the bloody world. It's doing my head in. I could imagine it would be, mate. It's and you you hit the nail on the head before when you said Harden left his run. You know, he started hot. It's and it's not like Lucas dropped off. Oh, okay. maybe, exactly. Maybe he has a little bit with his shooting percentages, but. Yeah. It's like, does anyone remember Trey Young like scoring eight points, five points? Exactly. Yeah, does anyone remember that? For the first half of the season, like it's incredible. And, and Lucas' stats after the All Star break have been just as good as Trey Young's. It it's just blows my mind. Yeah, it's funny. And it, oh, look, I'd be shocked, shocked if Luca didn't win it. Really, really shocked. I guess you'd be pissed off. I think I think people are going to be shocked when they say how strong Luke is going to win by. I think yeah. when they see the votes and the difference between first and second, I think people are going to be shocked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be even close. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about Trey Young is, though, like, I'm, I wasn't a massive Trey Young fan coming out of out of the draft and out of summer league. Um, and I still, I'm still not just because, you know, I'm a, I love defense. I'm a defensive kind of guy. And he's he actually has, like, the worst defensive rating in the NBA. So, you know, all these numbers are great, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. But but in terms of the voting, like, you can't go past Luka. He's a dollar, less than a dollar a one to win this thing. Yeah. And, you know, I've, ever since I've moved up here, I've, um, I've been, had the privilege of going to watch some EuroLeague. Um, yeah. Maccabi Tel Aviv, obviously, is the team up here. And um, when, when I think about this league that, that they play in, and then I think about the fact that this 18-year-old kid played all season, won MVP, finals MVP, won a title. Like, it's a really, really, really tough league. Um, And it's really cool to watch up live in in person. It's a completely different um, league to the NBA. And I think one thing we'll probably all learn now is if we get – if there's, like, the next kid or if there's the next guy that dominates the Euro League, I think we should be wary of that because um, the NBA is a lot more open, a lot more freer. You get to sort of – um, display yourself a lot more in the NBA. EuroLeague's just it's 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 kind of like what college basketball used to be. Um, you don't yeah. get a lot of ISO at all, and so I think that's probably a, a learning a learning curve for us as fans to not knock guys who come from the EuroLeague. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, who is who is the next team after the Warriors? Who is it going to be? Oh. Um, it has to be Milwaukee, the way that they're tracking. Still young, if they can keep Giannis. And, uh, Middleton's, I think, unrestricted this season, at the end of this season. So he's a big one for them to sign. They've already wrapped up Bledsoe. Yep. 
Um, you know, I love Milwaukee. I love Toronto, but obviously their off seasons under the cloud of Kawhi as well. I mean, this off season is going to be madness. Like, chances are Durant will go to the Knicks, which a lot of people are saying is already a done deal. Yeah, and that you know evens the pack. I don't know if that makes Houston favourites ahead of Golden State without Durant. I'm not sure. I'd st- I, personally, I'd start the Warriors favourite with Curry and, and Clay if they keep him as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be Milwaukee. I think they're just going to hold over that East for a little bit. I think you know they're going to be they're going to be the team to beat if Mate. this Golden State. Team Blows up, man! I can't wait to see Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler lining up for the Knicks <laughs> next season. <laughs> That's all they're gonna get. No, look, I just I don't know. Like the Kevin Durant thing, it seems it seems plausible. Um, seems plausible. I, I like the idea of you know Kyrie and Kevin Durant in New York. I, I, it all sounds great, but the, the New York have historically always had these great situations not pan out exactly. You know, as it as it comes up, so. I don't know, but um, the interesting thing for me is the East, and I've spoken a lot about it throughout the year. But you've got you've got four teams, obviously. Um, yep. That's going to be tough because two of those teams are going to be obviously knocked out. Three of them are going to yep. be knocked out. But when you get to the the, um, the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals, two of those teams get knocked out, um, and it's like, well, they probably won't stick together if they're knocked out in the Eastern Conference semis. And so there's there's a lot at stake. Good point. That's a very good point. If Boston goes second round, you know, Kyrie's probably going to leave, you would think. Yeah. But then they're still after Anthony Davis, so does that make him want to stay? Does they work out some way to get Durant to Boston, maybe? I'm not sure. I think he wants to go to New York, whether it's Brooklyn or the Knicks, if he leaves. Yeah. Um, I, I'd actually, I'd really like to see Kevin Durant in New York. I'd, I want to see the, the New York buzz. So I want to see the buzz yeah. up and about, and I think... Oh, but like he doesn't like media. He doesn't like the the scrutiny, and like that's the place you don't go if you don't exactly. like that sort of thing. You if know? he doesn't like the media now, wait till he gets to the Knicks. It's yeah, be that's why I'm the funny thing would be if he went to Brooklyn. Like if he if he went to Brooklyn, the Knicks fans <laughs> would burn down the city. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I think he'll stay. I mean, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know what he's motivated by, but it seems like he. I mean, based on his movements and what he's actually done in his career, it seems like he just wants to just wants to be a baller, just wants to play ball, low fuss, do his thing. I don't think he's unhappy at the Warriors. Um, I don't think he's motivated by legacy anymore, but that's maybe because he's just at the Warriors and he's, he's won a few titles now, a few finals MVPs. Sorry, a, a finals yeah. MVP. I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, but as much as I'd like to see him go to the Knicks, um, I just... I'm just thinking, what would I do if I was him? And it's like, why would I leave here? Like, this is this is unreal. This is, you know, this is you get the history, you get the legacy. You're playing with the best players in the world, um, so it's going to be fascinating. So the flip side to that is, I think he two things. I think he wants to build his brand a bit more. Like he has this this documentary coming out or that show that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of investments in New York, like a lot of his off companies are there. And I think he just wants to be known as a good guy and going to the Knicks would like completely flip his image from being this guy that ruled the league to, you know, the Knicks savior and everywhere he goes in New York, people are going to love him. Yeah, it's a good so point. I, I think that plays a little bit in his head yeah. and also the money, like he's, he's never taken a max at Golden State. I don't think like he's not on the money he should be on. Um, whether that affects him or not, and probably, you know, if they do sign him, they're not going to sign Draymond, so whether that affects him or anything, I don't know. I don't That's know a, what he's going to do. It's a good point. The other thing as well is um, his agent, I've completely forgotten his name, um, oh, Rich. Rich, uh, Rich. Was it Rich Kleiman? I have no idea. Oh, I'm no, not sure. the, 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 the black guy. Rich Kleiman's a white guy. Anyway, one of them is, um, oh, he goes on the Bill Simmons podcast. Rich Paul, I think it is. Yeah, it is. The one that wants to be, the one that wants to run the Knicks eventually. Like he's openly said oh, it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's the other thing that could be, and like, it could be a bit of a conspiracy here, but like if he goes to the Knicks, um, Rich Paul has a little bit of leverage and he says, hey, I got you guys, I got Kevin Durant here. And then he, he wants to have that front office job eventually. So I, I remember hearing that in the Bill Simmons podcast when they, when they go on and, and do the interviews. I just, it always springs in my mind like, hmm, maybe. Maybe that could be uh, a little avenue into ownership or management of the Knicks for, for Rich Paul. 
I've heard that before, but yeah, NBA is full of, full of conspiracies. So it's a, every chance I could be on the table. Yeah, full of conspiracies. And and your point about the images is also very interesting because, mate, he was the darling of the NBA. Like, really, he was. He was loved him and hated him. Yeah, he was, he was basically Steph Curry before Steph Curry in terms of the, the little golden child, you know? It's, it's a lot like the WWE NBA sometimes. They have this guy <laughs> that everybody loves and then they're like, you know what, we're just going to make you an asshole for a year and everyone's going to hate you. Yeah, and then all yeah. of a sudden, the next year, they'll be loved again. It's, it's yeah. crazy. No, it's amazing, mate. It's amazing. Um, all right, mate, let's, let's go right to the, to the Blue Boys. Let's talk Blue Baggers. How, how are you feeling? What, what are your overall thoughts of what's happened so far? Uh, encouraged. I thought yeah. we've played... Obviously, the Richmond game, the first quarter was horrific. Yeah. Um, the second and third quarter, you know, I was up and about. We played really well. Um, I knew the last quarter wasn't going to be great. I, I know this being a Carlton fan, being so young. Yeah. We just, last quarter fades. They don't have the pre-seasons in their legs. You can tell every time, you know, we're in a close game. We just, we either don't know how to win or we just, you know, run out of that fitness, which is which is understandable. You know, there are a lot of young kids on the list. Um. Last week, I was really impressed. I thought we played really well against Port. Um, I think Wiedering was, you know, almost best on ground without having the stats. But, you know, stats don't tell the whole story. So, I've been really impressed with him. Obviously, Cripps, I think, is the best player in the AFL. No one could tell me otherwise. He is, isn't he? For real. Oh, mate. He's so good. So good. And even other fans that I go to the footy with just say the same thing. They're like, wow, this guy is top five. He is really good. He goes into like autopilot almost. He, people, I, I speak to people who are like, "Oh, who did you, you know? Give me your votes." And like, "Oh, well, Crips aside, that like he's there now. He's at that. He's at that exactly. level now." Um, yeah. And I kind of think it it might hurt him a little bit because he's he's too good. Like, and and yeah. you know, and if he if he starts dipping and he starts giving us you know a twenty twenty seven possession game, for example, it's kind of going to be like, "Oh, well, he was a little oh, bit off yeah. today." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and the thing that's, with like the Brownlow, we need to win games for him to win it. So yeah, yeah, um, that's another that's another issue altogether. What do you what do you think? Who are you impressed by? Um, I, I like you. I like the word encouraged. I really do. Uh, yeah. I'm impressed with yeah. I'm I'm impressed with Cripps. Um, I'm impressed with Jacob for sure. I love what what he's been able to do. Um, yeah, I've been really encouraged by him. Yeah, I, I love what I've seen from. Well, I actually like what I've seen from Daisy this year. Um, a guy who at the start of the season when I did my previews, it was a bit more, it was kind of like, this will be the year where we kind of figure out, is he going to get another year? Is he going to get, is this the end of him? Um, and so yeah. guys like that, I want to sort of give a, a shout out to. Obviously, Harry Mackay has been good in his first few weeks. Uh, I'm pretty disappointed to see Charlie, inj- I mean, for obvious reasons, Charlie's injured and not as serious as what we thought, which is great. Yeah. But I mean, we've, we've had five quarters of the, you know, the big three in the forward line. And was just sort of we've got to wait now for Charlie to get back, and then we've got to wait again for them to gel. I just there's going to be a game where all three of them just go bang. It, it's coming. It's, it's it's. What do you think about the big three? Do you like having big three big forwards down there, or do you think it's too many? No, I like it because we have the, the versatile guys. Like we have Charlie who can push up the ground, Mitch who can push up the ground, Harry for me is the put him in you know the the six 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 rule. Harry, you start in the goal square, yeah. son. And I love that. I love that yeah. because I, I just love the way he moves. And he's still got so much more strength to put on, so much more size to put on. Um, and so I'm excited for it. And, and Mitch McGovern, is, I, think he's the, I think he's the perfect complement because he's um, – I, I sort of, when we first got him, I thought, oh, gee, is this, is this guy going to come in and be our, you know, our 45, 50 a year, goal a year forward? Um, but he's a bit more of a, uh, like a Tom Lynch for Adelaide. Um, in a sense, you know, he runs yeah, up the ground, that. he's versatile. Um, so I'm really excited by it, but we need to fill the, the small forwards around them. I don't think we've, we've, we've nailed that yet for solo. I think the idea of for solo is fantastic and I like it. Um, yep. yet to, it's yet to happen for him for obvious reasons. Um, and then we're sort of just sort of playing around with, you know, Paulson in there, Gibbons in there, which I don't really understand. I don't, we got Gibbons to, be a midfielder, I think. So I, I don't know. Um, still working around that one, but yeah, I, I think the small forward position is one where we look at in the in the midseason draft, and we we look at that and we say, okay, that's something we look at going for. Um, hopefully, by then, Williamson, Marchbank, 
uh, are back in the back into full fitness, and so we don't have to worry about another defender. And so yeah. I, I think that's where we're lacking a little bit. That small forward role, like the Eddie Betts, There's been would a lot be... of shuffling around in that small forward role too. Like Pickett was down there for a bit last year, and he's gone back now. Um, Petrovsky Seaton's probably more midfielder now. He, I think he was down the forward line for a little bit last year. Yeah. It's kind of like it's all new. We don't really have anyone that's been there for, you know, two or three seasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, and in that yeah. Position, so. yeah. Who do you think out of the, you know, that, that next group that, you know, the, the Dows, the Fishers, the Samos, uh, who do you think is that next one to sort of get to that A grade level? Um, I love Fisher, but he's been a bit disappointed so far the first couple of games. I'm a big Fisher fan, but I think he was a bit flat, especially last week. Um, towards the end of last season, I was all aboard. I thought he was going to be, you know, right up there this year. So hopefully he can kick on a little bit. Um, I love Walsh. Walsh, yeah. like no disrespect to the Pendlebury's, but he reminds me a lot of Pendlebury. Just when he gets the ball, he just looks like he has all this time. Yeah. And you, know, you watch Pendlebury and he gets it and he just, it's like he's in slow motion. He just stops, makes the right decision, then goes. And Walsh very much reminds me of that. Yep. Obviously, he's got a long way to go to be anywhere near that standard, but you know he reminds me just of what Penelope does in terms of his of his mind and the way he attacks it. Yeah, which is good. I really, I really like watching that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because last year we draft Dow, and he's obviously Dow's not an accumulator. Uh, he's more yeah. of a impact guy, so to speak, and he gets you, you know, your your fourteen to seventeen touches. Whereas Walsh comes in, what is he? Is he still eighteen? I'm not sure if he's still eighteen I think or not. So, yeah. My God, he's what is it? Twenty four, twenty five touches in the first few weeks. Like he, he's just, he's just winning the ball. And obviously, some of the kicks he's had, some of the disposals haven't hit targets. But I'm not even worried about that. Like you, you fix that. You fix that with a couple of preseason. You fix that in a, in the space of you know eight weeks in a season. You know you fix that really quickly. Um, but you know you you can't. You almost can't teach that ability to be like an accumulator. Like if he's he could he'll be pushing for those thirty thirty four possession games. Once he's got his body, like his AFL body, you know. Yeah. And then it's just, a, yeah. Then it's just, a, then it's just a matter of hitting targets and, and being clean, and you know the rest of the team using him, and and it's just going to be great. What do you think about Fisher? Fish, I don't think we play. I don't think we're playing Fish in the role that we did last year, and I don't know if that's yeah, because that's last. It. I don't think if it was because last year, you know, we were just so decimated that Fisher had to be right there in the coalface. Um, yeah. But I, I, I want us to look for him. I want us to to look for him a little bit more. I want him to be that, um, you know, that that kick into forward fifty. I want that to be a Fisher. I want that to be a Samo, um, yeah. maybe you know, or a Murphy. Those are the guys that use the ball better. Um, but having said that as well, what I've noticed with Fish round one, he did it a lot. He just sort of banged the ball in the boot a little bit. He didn't really think his way through traffic like he, he did a little bit last year. Um, yep. And then last week against Port, I don't know what role he played. I don't know what the instruction was, but he did less of the whole banging on the boot thing and he did a little bit more of the... I, I couldn't figure out what we did with him. I don't know if it was just a down day for him. I don't know if it was a a coaching role thing, but yeah, did, like tomorrow's a... Sorry, Saturday is a big is a big one for Fish because it's sort of if he has a bad game, it's I start thinking, uh oh. If he has a good yeah. game, I start thinking, oh, okay. Well, you know, the Port Adelaide game was just a bit of a you know a bit of a yeah. you know, an aberration. So, yeah, I want to see him. I like to see him sort of floating in the midfield, but more so on a wing, um, and then just being that last kick into the forward fifty. Because I don't think we've nailed that yet. I think we're still in the mindset of. Bang it out of my area because we're a shit team. I think we're still getting. Yeah. I think we're still getting over that. I think the. I think the boys are a little bit. Uh, they haven't really grasped the concept of. No, no, we're 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 a, we're a better side this year. We can we can settle down. Exactly. We've we've got targets, and it's almost like we bring these forwards in. We've got them now, and we're happy to have this forward line. Let's just bang it in as high as we can, and they'll do the rest. Yeah. Whereas, if we can just settle a little bit, and it, it comes with experience. I think just a bit of maturity. Absolutely. Yeah, and it hurts playing Richmond that early. Obviously, Richmond, everybody knows they're so good at pressure, and then you get that in your head, and it's the perceived pressure. So as soon as you get in the ball, you're just chucking it on the boot. You know, six, 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 get it in there as quick as you can. Where I think, you know, that's kind of not what we need to be doing right now. As you said, just a bit more patient, a bit better delivery, and, and use that open space that we can have in the forward line. Yeah, totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Um, 
what about this week? I'm, I'm, oh, look, I'm always bullish, but just, <laughs> <laughs> like I always You're have bullish. I'll, I'll give you the concerns. I'll give you the concerns. It's at Marvel, yeah? Yeah. It's at Eddie Marvel, Telstra Dome. What do we call it? We'll go yeah. Marvel. Um, we never play. I, personally, I don't think we play that ground well at all. I think yeah. a lot of our success has come at the G. I don't know what it is about Marvel Stadium, but every time I go there, we just don't seem to play very well, yeah. which is concerning. And the line was like, sorry to talk in betting terms, the line's only two goals. Like, you're pricing this game up at the start of the season. You're thinking Sydney, you know, small ground, you know, you're thinking up near the 20s. So, I don't know. Everyone seems to be giving us a chance, but I'm not quite as bullish as you, but I think it's a really good test. And, you know, it's a massive game for them as well, being 0-2. If you lose this one, you're 0-3, you know. I don't like, for everybody. I don't like the fact that people are tipping us. I, I, like, yeah, I want, exactly. <laughs> I, I want to be the only person tipping us. I don't want, I don't yeah, want, I don't want exactly. to see Robbo and, uh, and Jared tipping Carlton and then saying, you know, they'll do it. I don't want to see that because we don't, when the pressure's on us, we're, we're not ready to do that yet. We're not ready to be the team that should win this week and therefore will win this week. Um, I, I think uh, I've watched all the games. Uh, I've watched both of Sydney games, you know, closely, pretty closely because they've been on yep. uh, on a good time. Uh, round yep. one, they looked just shot. They looked slow, and the scoreboard yeah. completely flattered them. And um, they lacked, yeah, like I said, they looked old. And they bring in Ronky last week, and you know, kicks the first goal of the game. And I was like, okay, that's a big tick for them. They definitely need some youth and some speed there. Um, and the other thing I worry about as, as well is Heaney hasn't really fired yet and it's just the, the perfect game for Heaney to come in, you know, Longmire, put him in the midfield like he should be doing already and he'll just go bang. Um, and yeah, like you just said, that they'd be thinking finals. Like that's a finals yeah. mindset. And so Absolutely. this is a absolute must win. I don't think, I'm not sure if any teams or not many at all have, Made the finals coming from 0 3. Well, oh, actually, well, it was the Swans 2017. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were 0 6. Uh, that's right. Um, so, yeah, they, they'll, they'll come out for sure. And if we go, if we come out and we have another goalless quarter and we have one of those kind of half yeah. and half efforts, yeah, that's it. It's, it's not going to happen for us. So, yeah, uh, it's a tough one. Um, I'm, I'm bullish about the Blues just because I'm always bullish. But if I really put my, um, you know, unbiased cap on, this is a good well, Sydney be licking their lips. You know, everyone's talking Carlton and they're going to come in and uh, they're the experienced heads. They know what it takes to win a final. Some of them have won grand finals. So, yeah. Does uh, Jacob go to Buddy? <sighs> Maybe uh, play on it? Probably I'd, Jacob. I'd, I'd start, I think I'm, I think, I think I'd start Jones on Buddy. Because Jones is versatile, and I know that it's it's you know you sort of close your eyes a little bit with Liam Jones at times, but he has he's he's had a good start to the season. I've got to give him credit there. And Jacob, I think when I think of Jacob, and I think to myself, all right, when Jacob's at his peak, when he's at the best of his career, is he going to be the guy that's taking the Buddies, the Hawkins, the the Tom Lynches, the best? And, and I don't know if I don't know if he is. I don't know if he's a fullback. I don't I don't know if he's the I don't know if he's that guy because I know, I know that when we drafted him, we, we thought of him as the intercept player um, yeah. and we thought of him as that. And so for that reason, I think, I think you start Jones. Um, but I think I was speaking to, speaking to Meals uh, yesterday and he was saying, I don't, I don't think this is a game where we just say, righto, mate, this is Buddy and he's yours. I think this is going to be a, a team defense type yeah. of thing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we're going to have too many one-on-one matchups um, I wouldn't be surprised if Wiedering started uh, the way he went on Hoff. Like he he dominated Hoff last week. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Get Jones floating across there, there's yeah. that intercept guy. You know, the intercept spoiler. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what they do. It's obviously, like you said, going to be a, a team effort. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think we can dominate that midfield area. I haven't watched Sydney too much, but you know, a lot of teams were much better in the midfield. It's just obviously getting it out of there. Yeah. <laughs> getting it out of the midfield effectively, but. You know, I don't know, probably low scoring and I don't know. I'm, I, you're kind of talking me into it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the midfield battle is interesting because Josh Kennedy was back to his best last week. He had a shocker oh, yeah. in round one. Yeah, he was really, really yeah. good. So, obviously, Cripps has 
Cripps has some competition in there, but I, I, I just oh, and also the other thing in Sydney's favour is Callum Sinclair absolutely destroyed us last year, and Cruiser played all game. Um, excuse, excuse my ignorance. What's going on with Cruiser? Cruiser. So, Cruiser was doing preseason as per usual, and then about four weeks before round one, or five, three weeks before round one, he, he goes in for this clean-up procedure in his knee, um, okay. just out of nowhere. And then, you know, it's kind of like, well, okay, Phillips gets the nod, and we're just not going to rush Cruiser. And uh, the, the VFL boys, how's this? They've got a fucking buy. It's round one of the VFL season, and our boys have a buy. So, oh, Cruiser, yeah, Cruiser would have played in, in the VFL this week had there been a game. And so, yeah. he'll be back. I don't want him to play until he's got a game of VFL under his belt. Like, Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not keen on this rushing him back anymore and being desperate. Um, yeah. So, I think he'll play in the VFL next week. And then, then there's going to be the big issue. Like, if Phillips plays well this week... What do we do? Like, do you, do you swap them? Do we go with two rucks? I don't know. I was um, I was cursing Phillips in the Richmond game. I don't really get on players, but oh, he was he was not great. <laughs> yeah, in the poor game. He was he was actually quite good. So yeah. he he, uh, he competes, and he he the one thing that he does that Cruiser doesn't is he, he's he's okay in the air. Um, yep. Takes marks around the ground. Cruiser started doing it a little bit in 2017, and when he did play last year. Uh, but Phillips, he's, he's got to be able to hit the scoreboard this week especially. He's got to, he's got to make Sinclair pay and think about him. The silly free kicks were, were tearing me up in the Richmond oh, game. I think he got my three in the run. Yeah. I was like, come on, mate. You can't be doing this. We're winning the midfield battle. Yeah. Second third quarter, we're dominating and you just give him all that. He's clumsy. He's the classic big lumpy ruckman. He's, he's a clumsy fella. And, and, yep. and that's what he is. Yeah, who wins our uh, our best and fairest? Oh, Cripps! I just it's, it's just, just it's so good. <laughs> who I, comes? I have, not, I have not seen a player like him. Like obviously, Juddy was great. He was probably better at West Coast than Carlton, even though he won the Brownlow Carlton. I had this argument with Rizzo the other day. Yeah, I'm like Cripps will end up, you know, being one of Carlton's greatest. So I just he's just unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. Who comes second in the in our best and fairest? <laughs> um, good question. I don't know. Newman has started like a house on fire, filling in that Doherty role. I wish yep. we had him last year. Yeah. Um, I fully expected Fisher to be up there, but he's just given us nothing. Weedering's been good. Uh, I don't know. Who do you think? So I, I think it'll be now that I've seen the first two games. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna yeah. put Jacob in there because I think. I think Bolt and the coaching yeah. staff as well would say, like, if he's playing well, they're going to give, they're going to be thinking about him in the in the in the lens of, oh, gee, you know, he's really he's really come on. He had a he's had a you know had to endure through injury and confidence and form and and whatnot. And this season, he's just been a rock for us. And if he is, if he if it turns out that he is that rock for us in defence in a season where we've lost Doherty again uh, and Marchbanks sort of you know still unfit and whatnot, I think that'll. That'll persuade the votes a little bit. So I think Jacob and um, mate, I'm I'm still the biggest Mark Murphy fan going around. Really, I adore him. Like he was. I would, the... love, to, I would love for him to go forward a bit more, but you're right. He's he's been good so far. Surprisingly good. I thought he'd kind of take a bit of a step back, like a yeah. major step back from where he was. But he's actually held his own quite well. Yeah, I think. It's it baffles me because so many Carlton supporters talk shit about him. It, like it, it triggers me to a point that I can't explain. Like, like he he he's not an inside mid. He's not this bruising guy that we need to be. Or we've got the Crips now. Murphy played his best footy in 2011 when he had Juddy there, um, yep. sort of winning the footy for him. And I thought him sort of relieving the captaincy was the best thing for him because now he. Absolutely. And the fact that he didn't leave the club, now he gets to sort of enjoy his time being just a Carlton man, focus on his footy. Um, and I was kind of hoping that we'd all get around it, but some of the supporters are just, they're killing me. They're, you know, they're killing how you me. feel about Murphy was how I felt about Gibbs, you know, two or three years ago when everyone was riding him, he doesn't get the contested ball. I'm like, we don't want him to get the contested ball. He's the best <laughs> in the team. We want the other guys to get the contested ball and give it to him. So and true. I think that's the same with Murphy now we have all these inside mids. 
we don't want him in there. We, you know, he's our best, one of our best users coming yep. out of the middle off a wing. So like, you know, I'll never say a bad word about Murph, but I, I did think he'd be a bit worse than where he's at. And I'm pleasantly surprised about how he's playing so far. Yeah, I mean, last week, last week's tough because he takes that bit. He didn't, he didn't start well in the first quarter. A few, a few, you know, uh, yeah. fumbly possessions, but then he copped the hit. And he, to be honest, yeah. he shouldn't have come back on. Like to be real, I thought he was done. I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know how he got back on. Yeah, and if he comes, I don't know if, how he passed the test. Yeah, and then he comes on and he gets. I mean, he still got his twenty six. He was obviously nowhere near as damaging, and he, he he didn't have a great game in terms of disposal efficiency. But um, he's he's courageous. He loves the club. Apparently, he hasn't trained at all this week um, yeah. from what I've been reading and listening on uh, on podcasts and whatnot. So, uh, look, I still think he'll play. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to him having his, his you know, just a really good solid outing. Uh, I thought he was pretty good in, in round one, apart from a few disposals that maybe let him down a bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm still a massive... Murphy fan, he's he's a club champion for me. And he's you know two hundred and fifty games for the club. You 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 elevate yourself to a level that not many have been to. Yep, absolutely. If it was the NBA, you'd hang him up in the rafters somewhere. For sure, mate. Uh, one <laughs> one final question: Who wins the flag in the footy? Ugh. West Coast. I want to say West Coast again. Yeah. I love their team. I like my brother goes for West Coast, so you know I've always liked West Coast, and I do watch a fair bit of them. But I love the way their team's structured and the way it's built. They just they struggle to find weaknesses. Yep. Um, like I don't know. It's going to be a great game this week between them and Collingwood. I really like Collingwood as well. I know Carlton fans aren't going to like that at all. No, nah, mate. Uh, I'm with you. I, I fucking love watching the Pies play. <laughs> when when Elliot's back now, that he's huge for them. Like, yeah. So good for them last season, obviously. Well, the first um, goal they kicked, uh, who they played last week? They played uh, Richmond? They just played, yeah, they played Richmond. The first goal that Jamie Elliott kicked when he sort of sprinted away from his defender, and I thought, oh yeah. shit, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah so, you know what I love about the NFL, though? It's, it's wide open. Like, everyone was talking about Melbourne and Essendon, and they've just looked terrific. And then. You know, West Coast and Collingwood are still there, but you wouldn't say they're miles ahead of everybody else. You know what I mean? And after watching the NBA last four years, where I get you know a dollar thirty favorite every season, it, it's so good to see a competition where you just don't know who's going to win it. And I love that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think, Who do you think? Yeah, I've got. I think Collingwood. I would have Collingwood yep. uh, based on a few things. Uh, obviously, made the grand final last year. They've got the grand final defeat. And that stings, and that drives yeah, you in the preseason. That gives you that extra, that extra little bit of something to think about in the preseason when you're tired and and all of that. Um, I think you know you add beams. The midfield's just so good, and um, yeah, I mean the the whole thing about them not having a big forward. It's interesting because sometimes I think to myself, why did Tom Lynch go to Richmond and not Collingwood? Yeah, um, I, I ask myself the same thing. Yeah, but. Having said that, Collingwood have this system where they've got guys like, you know, smaller sized forwards and midfielders that go through there that kick, you know, 25 plus goals. And they've got like three or four of them. Um, and then, you know, Dugowie, I mean, if he, if, he, if he switches on for a full season, like he could kick, I think he kicked 48 goals last year, including finals. I think he could push for, like, seriously, I think he could push for 55, 60 goals because he, he missed the first few weeks last year with a suspension because um, yeah. he was obviously, you know, still getting out of the, the personal issues. Uh, then he yeah. just went bang, bang, bang. And he's a guy that can kick five goals on any given night. So, um, huge to go. One of my favorites in the league to go. He's, he's a yeah. very good player. Yeah. No, I, I really, really like him. He, he's got that swagger about him as well. And he actually, I've listened to him talk. Uh, he, he was on the, 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 the podcast with Scott Penderbury and, Jay Edmund and um, he they had to go on and to go he like he's he's not a he's not a dickhead like he's 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 matured you, you hear him in his voice you hear the things he talks about and the themes that he raises he's he's an interesting fella okay yeah that's good to know. 
Yeah. He so, seems like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he seems like yeah, but don't get me wrong, you can still tell that he enjoys his uh his off field antics. because yeah, uh, and, and he talks about it. He says, you know, it was just about finding the balance between on, on field and off field. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I have the pies up there, and the Eagles are super. I mean, you, you won't beat them over there at Optus. Um, you know, Gaff comes in, Nick Nat comes in. Uh, you know, they'll be they'll be roaring again. Well, that's the thing. Everyone said you know Collingwood didn't have Elliot, and now they've got you know a couple of changes down back. But West Coast didn't have their best. You know, two of their top five players. Best Ruckman, best well, maybe arguably their best midfielder. Shuey's is pretty good, yeah. but yeah, Gaff's uh, Gaff's a star, and he'll be. You know, he's got. He's a guy with high character, so he'll be a guy that'll be burning to get out there and uh, you know, sort of proving everyone that he's uh, not not proving everyone. I think it's just proving it to himself. Yeah, yeah. One more question for you before you go. Yes, then Melbourne who wins? Oh man, this is so much harder than what it was at the start of the week. <laughs> this is so much harder because um, at the start of the week, I'm like, yeah, Melbourne. But you know what? Essendon were poor for the first quarter and then they were sort of back to hunting the footy and doing all that and they just couldn't hit targets. Melbourne, it's, I actually find the two of them in similar categories. They're both underdone. They're both severely underdone. Their best players are just have had surgery in the offseason and whatnot. But for whatever reason, Melbourne's the golden child and Melbourne gets, uh, Melbourne gets the out. Oh, no, they'll be cool. They'll be all right. And if you kind of think about, if you look at just form and they've both been woeful and shit house, but if you look at form, yeah. Essendon started showing something more before Melbourne did. And so oh, combine that with the fact that Essendon loved this situation, everyone writing them off, completely writing them off. Um, then they, they come up against Melbourne and it's a team, it's a game they can win. And it's at the G, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. I'm going to tip Melbourne because of potential, but oh, Melbourne, oh man, it's hard because they haven't shown me anything. Like I haven't seen anything from Melbourne to suggest that they're going to get this done. It's a, it's a bloody good round. Like even tonight, Adelaide game, and then you got Carlton Sydney, you got Collingwood West Coast, you got Melbourne Essendon. Like it's, it's going to be a ripper. Who'd you tip tonight? Adelaide. I'm pretty big on Adelaide tonight. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know that. That's uh, all the, sorry to talk about betting again, but all the You're money's right. been pushed towards Geelong. I think Adelaide were a goal favorite start of the week and now they're underdogs. So, Interesting. Well, that that plays right into your hands. Underdogs at Adelaide, so no, and and, and I don't know when the last time was that they lost two games in a row at Adelaide Oval. So exactly. yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm I'm tipping the Crows this week. I've got a uh, a, a footy tipping competition with the Carlton Cheer Squad, mate. So there's um, oh, I like it. yeah, there's 135 of us uh, members that are in there, and uh, the winner gets a signed jersey. Signed Carlton jersey from all the players, and I'm currently sitting on uh, 11 tips and second. Oh, nice. We yeah. have. Um, I run a, like a handicap tipping comment, so it's not just pick the winner. It's you know pick who you think is going to cover the spread, and I am doing woeful. I think I'm second last in my own competition. So. Oh no, <laughs> I'm doing terrible. Oh Jesus! Well, that's the beauty about footy, mate. There's always next week, eh? That's it. Hopefully, I go nine out nine this week. Hundred percent. All right, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been. Uh, thanks, for it's me, been. Mate. A, it, was, uh, it was great. No, nah, it's been a joy. Um, good luck with everything. Uh, kiss the little one for me. And uh, say hi to Nards and uh, mate, go the bloody blues. Get around us.